Welcome to the Make Me Healthy podcast. I'm Keely, nutritional therapy practitioner. I'm Anna, functional medicine physician. I'm Sarah, certified recovery coach. I'm Marcy, certified health and wellness coach. We are a collaboration of health experts on a mission to simplify your health. Make me healthy, why? Make me healthy, how? Make me healthy when? Make me healthy now. Today we're talking about sleep. I'm sure most of us here have experienced sleepless nights, 3 a.m. wake-up calls for no explainable reason, or maybe you felt like you slept, but the next morning you still woke up feeling groggy. Sleep is vital to our health, yet one-third of us don't get the recommended seven to nine hours according to Why We Sleep by Dr. Matthew Walker. Lack of sleep compromises our immune system, our blood sugar regulation, as well as our mood, and it can also lead to hormone dysfunction, obesity, or cardiovascular issues. So let's jump into some pressing questions surrounding sleep. So the first thing I think we should highlight is the importance of a bedtime routine or a ritual. Great point, Anna. That actually brings us to our first question. Sometimes I have trouble falling asleep after or before a big day. Usually my mind is still spinning or organizing or planning. What do you do to calm down before bedtime? Marcy, let's start with you. Well, on a perfect day, which a lot of times I don't have perfect days, but if I had a really long day at work, I really love just ending my day with taking a hot bath. I usually light a candle, um, either listen to music or a short meditation. Also reading a book in bed or even writing in my gratitude journal before bed is a great way for me to get my thoughts of the day down on paper before going to sleep. I actually feel more relaxed just listening to you talk about that. (laughs) So great. Like Anna mentioned earlier, a consistent bedtime routine is so important. Consistency is the key word. Keely, what is that? What does consistency mean for you? Yeah. So every night I try to do like a light stretching routine. um, And then I usually get into bed and listen to a meditation that includes like a body scan or some type of breath work. And I do it every night, which really allows my body to know what's coming next um, and get ready for sleep. It helps me relax and unwind from the day. I also think if your mind is racing and you have a lot going on, to I suggest writing down a to-do list before you go to bed. That way it's all out there and get it off your mind. Sarah, what do you do? Gosh, I was just, I was just thinking how nice it sounds to get kind of everything out of your head before you fall asleep. I think that's a fabulous, fabulous tip. Because a lot of times I'll lay down and go to sleep and kind of toss and turn a little bit thinking about what I haven't done or what I still need to do. Um, So I think I might uh, take that tip and use it tonight and I'll let you guys know um, how it goes. I think that's great. Thanks for all the fabulous tips. Yeah, those are all really great ways to calm down before bed. I really like those ideas. It kind of makes me wonder how much sleep do we actually need? And that does this change as we age? Anna, what what do you know about that? Well, so according to the CDC, who is really taking information from the National Sleep Foundation and the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, most adults need between seven to nine hours. And it does actually vary a little bit with age. So as we get older... Oftentimes we actually need more sleep. Sleep sometimes becomes harder just depending on stress and hormones and um, just all the things that 
our our minds and bodies go through as we age, which is unfortunate. And then I think the group that that needs the most and gets the least is probably adolescents. Adolescents need up to 10 hours and this is why it's so hard to drag them out of bed and they want to stay in bed until noon because they're like so chronically under underslept sleep deprived <laughs> and and then kids and I just was thinking about this for myself I remember staying up as a kid and this dates me also um and I would watch the Johnny Carson show before I went to bed as a kid um but kids need a sometimes up to 10, even 12 hours of sleep at night. Um, I know personally, I, I can basically say I've been chronically sleep deprived since birth, <laughs> or at least since I had the will to stay up late. Um, and I think that's true for a lot of, a lot of families who are struggling to get their kids to bed. Um, and it comes back to me to routine. Like we're so good at having routines with our kids. And then we grow up and we just like throw them all away and decide that we don't need a routine anymore. Who needs that? And then we watch TV until like 11 o'clock at night and expect our brains to just shut down when we go to bed and it doesn't work that way. And then we're frustrated that we're still awake. And so I would encourage everybody to develop a little bit of a ritual that's like four or five steps that the, you just do every night the same order, the same way so that your brain can start to get the hint that it's time to go to sleep. Um, I have an interesting thing I want to uh, share with you guys. When Anna said how um, important it is for kids with routine, I think we can create those as adults. For example, I go to bed almost two hours before my husband. And so a friend of mine suggested that he tuck me in at night. And so he actually tucks me in and it signifies for me kind of the end of the day, the winding down. And so I guess in a way you could say I'm like an adolescent, you know, or a child <laughs> getting my, that's so cute, getting tucked in at night. And then it's part of our routine and, and it's kind of a, a, a fun little thing to add um, no matter how old you are. So I just thought I would share that with the group. And like Marcy says, it's kind of cute. And a great way to just keep that relationship peace when you're going to bed at separate times. It's kind of, that's kind of cool. Um, totally. And and like you said, like your brain is adjusted to that now. It's, it's such a ingrained thing that I imagine number one, if it doesn't happen, it probably feels funny. Mm-hmm. And number two, when it does happen, then you start to wind down naturally because you know what comes next. And that's, that's what routines really do for us when it comes to sleep. I think that's really a great example. And, and like Marcy said, I think it's a great way to connect. I mean, you'd read a story to a child, you know, before they went to bed to kind of have that time with them. And it's a, it's a great time for um, he and I just to, you know, we can talk, we can hold hands. I mean, if it leads to sex, great. And maybe everyone has a better night's sleep when it's all said and done. Totally. So now I'm curious from everybody here, because we've all had those nights, right, where you just like don't sleep. Like what's a day look like following a terrible night's sleep? This is um, kind of ironic because I literally probably got three or four hours of sleep last night and I'm so tired. And I notice on these days, I'm going to crave carbs and sugar all day today because my body is confused and it thinks it needs energy from food where really it just needs sleep. Oh, that's such a great point, Marcy. That happens for me too. I want comfort food, like something to make me feel better. Um, And I always feel so sluggish and unmotivated. Crabby. 
I get so, I have so little patience for people when I, um, when I don't sleep. Oh, my poor children. I always feel super unmotivated. You know what I mean? Like if I don't sleep, it's like, then I don't want to work out. If I don't sleep well, I don't want to eat well. If I don't sleep well, I don't do some of the normal things that make me feel better that I know will make me feel better. I just get unmotivated and kind of out of my routine from the get-go. Yeah. It's amazing to me. I always think of ourselves as having kind of like these five buckets, like you put your nutrition in one bucket and your movement in another and sleep goes in one and stress goes in one. And then like relationships and like social interactions go in another. And when something happens with one of those buckets, like if your sleep goes away, what we need to do is pour into the other buckets, but we do is the opposite. Like we, we eat crappily, we eat poorly, we, we move less, our stress goes up and we are mean to our friends. <laughs> like We are crappily we to are our friends crappily too. Crappily to our friends. And, <laughs> and, you know, and then like the whole balance shifts. And so I think it's just important uh, to me, it just highlights why we feel good when things are in balance and why we feel bad when things are out. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. and I think it's interesting. You just mentioned one night of bad sleep imagine that multiplied over Mm -hmm. two three four a week a month a year of bad sleep what that starts to do to your relationships your diet your exercise over the the time like we're maybe lucky enough to have a bad night of sleep and then you get back on board two days later but if there's other factors that are getting in your way children stress yeah it's like talking to talking to new parents after they've had their first night of like five straight hours of sleep without having to wake up and they feel like 10 years younger and they all of a sudden realize like how how stretched thin they've been it's it's amazing what what we can put ourselves through yeah that's true um let's take a quick little break and when we come back we're going to talk about sleep as a priority and we're back so why do you think, as a general rule, we don't prioritize sleep when we prioritize so many other things, but sleep somehow gets the back burner often? Keely? I think it has to do with bragging rights. You hear people say, I did this, this, and this on only four hours of sleep. Uh, like it's something to be proud of, you know, just gives them bragging rights. I also feel there's like a need to keep up in a way. Everyone has overfilled schedules, they're running from one thing to the next. And they just don't allow time for rest, which we all know leads to burnout and it's a never ending cycle. Yeah, I think another thing that I also hear people say is that when they've had enough sleepless nights in a row, like we were kind of talking about, like when you're chronically sleep deprived, they start to almost build up sleep as a scary thing or like something that they're not going to be successful at, right? Like I don't Mm want to go to bed because I know what's going to happen when I get there. I'm just going to spin my wheels and I'm not going to sleep and it's going to be miserable. And so I'll just do you know, X, Y, and Z other thing. And so I think kind of talking through breaking that cycle is, is something that I do a lot with my patients where like, we've got to change the scenery a little bit and figure out how going to bed isn't scary because, because it's, it's important. And the more days that you have in a row of not sleeping, the worse it gets. So. Well, I think people also like forget to prioritize. Mm -hmm. Like it's Mm -hmm. not something that comes to the forefront right away. You think, okay, my nutrition, my stress, and my exercise, maybe we'll just take those three. 
are on point and then everything else doesn't really need need to be it's like almost like you forget how important sleep is because we've become so sleep deficient that it's not even a like a thought really you know does that make sense yeah i feel like we aren't talking about it enough i feel like it's kind of become a hot button topic in the past year or so but i feel like you know most people think when they think health and wellness they think exercise and nutrition and they don't they don't think about sleep as that, which is a massive part of health and wellness. I mean, probably more important than the other yeah. two, if I had to and like. A, and affects the other two. Affects the so, other two yeah. big times, just like we talked yeah. about, yeah. Yeah. Well, so I'm curious, uh, Marcy, I'm going to ask you to lead us off on this one. If you are wide awake in the middle of the night, what do you do? <laughs> well, this was me last night. Um <laughs> The worst thing I can do is look at my phone. In a perfect world, I would have my phone in a different room so that I wouldn't be tempted to grab it and just start scrolling through Instagram or Facebook or checking emails or, you know, that sort of thing. I have found if I'm laying there for 30 minutes or more, I actually, if I get up and do something, it kind of gets my mind off of what I'm worried about and and kind of resets my body. So, you know, I've gotten up before and cleaned and um, have been able to go right back to sleep when I climb back in bed. So, so I think it's, you know, then you're killing two birds with one stone. You got clean toilets at 3 a.m., which is awesome. But, you is know, it, the first- Is it awesome? Um, I don't know, actually. Well, <laughs> and then I nothing, wake up in the morning. <laughs> nothing more uh, boring than cleaning. So exactly. if, that, if that doesn't put you to sleep, <laughs> you know, what um, will? But, but I do find if I, if I wake up and it, you know, I'm not just- you know, the first thing I try is to just try to some, do some relaxation breathing with some counting because that tends to get my mind off of whatever it is I'm thinking about as well. So like a simple box breathing exercise can work really well. And, it, um, you know, it's inhaling for four, holding for four, exhaling for four, and then holding for four. And just doing that sequence, you know, several times, it slows down your breathing to where it's more like sleeping breathing. And it also gets your mind off whatever it is you're worried about that's keeping you awake. Yeah, I I agree with all of those. I also turn to like sleep stories from Calm or an app like that. They're usually soothing um, and not entertaining for me. And they're a nice distraction, <laughs> nice distraction. And I all like getting up and getting a drink of water helps me too, for whatever reason, it helps me get back to sleep faster. Hmm. I heard um, somebody say, I think she's a psychologist. I heard her say rational thought doesn't start until 5am. And oh. she actually has that like written somewhere where, where she can see it in the middle of the night to remind <laughs> herself that like those things that you're torturing, like torturing yourself about in the middle of the night those are blown out of proportion because you just can't think rationally in the middle of the night. So, so I, true. I have this like little mantra that I tell myself in the middle of the night when I'm torturing myself that rational thought doesn't begin until 5 a.m. Rational thought doesn't begin until 5 a.m. <laughs> I just love I that love because it. it's so true. It's very true. Wow. Well, because we think we're going to solve all the you know world's problems or cross things yeah. off of our to-do list at 3 a.m., I mean, that's not going to happen. No. Unless might, it's cleaning your toilet. Yes, you could do that. I might write that. I'm going to write that mantra down. I'm gonna I like it. Above yeah. my bed. That's yeah. a great one. I count sheep. I'm a little old, old fashioned and I, I literally watch the sheep jump over the moon and I watch it jump over the moon. And usually <laughs> by about 10, 15 sheep 
I can sometimes will, will myself back, back to sleep. I also think getting up is important too. If you're laying there for longer, like Marcy said, than 30 minutes, like get up, walk around. Yeah. Just change the scenery. Your brain needs something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm, I'm learning some tips too. I, I mean, we may have cleaner toilets, I guess that's. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah, as a recovery coach, I'm wondering if you could fill us in a bit on how substances such as alcohol or even caffeine or other drugs might play a role in our sleep. I feel like a lot of times people think if they have a glass of wine or something like that, that will help put them to sleep. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, Marcy, I'm so glad you asked. Um, (laughs) I think the biggest kind of untruth about alcohol and sleep is that it will put you to sleep. In fact, it does. So alcohol is a depressant or a sedative. So you're actually going to fall asleep sooner or quicker. However, down the road of the night, you won't have as restful sleep and alcohol severely affects our REM sleep, which is our deepest, best sleep that we get. And a lot of people struggle staying in REM anyway. And with alcohol, it just kind of continues to wake you up during, during that most important time of your sleep. So especially in large, larger amounts, Mm -hmm. you're probably okay with one glass of wine, but um, make sure you're having it hours before you go to sleep. And the same is true with caffeine. I mean, caffeine is actually the opposite of alcohol. So caffeine is a stimulant and is going to keep you awake longer but you kind of want to have no caffeine in your body. I mean, six or seven hours before going to bed. So you might want to rethink that afternoon cup of coffee, or maybe have a lower dose of caffeine, maybe with some tea or something. And I also think it's important to mention with substance use that a lot of the other factors and things that we've talked about through this podcast, things like routine, If you have a hard night of drinking, you're probably not even brushing your teeth. You know what I mean? And some of those routine things of setting a bedtime routine and all of those things and having a morning routine, those are kind of all out the window when, especially if you're a heavy drug or alcohol user. So not just the sleep part specifically, but all of those other things, I mean, can be so, so disruptive. And I also also think it's important to mention the hormone melatonin. So melatonin is released in our brain when we want to go to sleep and drugs and alcohol mess with all the, you know, hormone releases in our brains and jack up our central nervous systems. So we're not even on the right path to go to sleep, even when we want to go to sleep. So I think just being very aware of kind of the effects that drug and alcohol do have on your brain in general, and then trying to add in a whole nother component of sleep is um makes it difficult yeah that's super interesting it's just interesting how our choices during the day really impact how well we sleep at night which then impacts you know the next day and you know we could go on and on so what other choices during the day have an impact on how well you sleep our daily routines um, have a huge impact on our sleep our nutrition has an effect on our sleep including what we eat and when we eat it Eating three balanced meals a day, including protein, fat, and carbs, 
is super important as it keeps our blood sugar levels in a healthy flow. Movement and mindfulness play a huge role and also how much natural daylight we get. Our bodies have an internal clock that keeps our circadian rhythm in line with the world around us. The light from the sun syncs up our circadian rhythm, cueing alertness, providing us with vitamin D and supplies serotonin to boost our mood, which are all essential to a good, for a good night's sleep. Yeah, I feel like in a perfect world, you get a little bit of sunlight in the morning, you don't eat a lot of sugar, you limit your caffeine, you don't drink a lot of alcohol, you do your routine at bedtime, and you go to bed on time. And I, like, I think we have to acknowledge that that perfect world is not going to happen every day. And just because you don't achieve that perfect version of things doesn't mean you want to give up on all of the little components because every little like there are plenty of days where I have an extra cup of coffee in the morning and I know that that might impact my sleep but still if I eat well enough and I move and I get a little bit of sunshine and I do all of the rest of the things it's not all lost right Um, and I think it's important to remember to shoot shoot for the stars and not beat yourself up when you fall short you know know, for sure giving yourself the grace of um you know I didn't get a good night's sleep last night and uh kind of putting the best foot forward and seeing how you can you know make it better in the moment you know what I mean like maybe your nutrition isn't on point but you got lots of water or maybe you did get a great night's sleep but you didn't make it to the gym um just kind of trying to piece these all together and and recognize that we're not all not perfect but we'll get there but we'll get there I mean I'm such a proponent of good being good enough most of the time so if you can be good enough most of the time you're gonna be pretty good you know instead of getting too wrapped up and being perfect you know because there is no such thing um just work on making eat every choice that you make as as good as you can make it and sometimes you're not going to and that's okay that's okay right yeah right and let and like let's face it like not every night's gonna be a good night's sleep, even if you do everything perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the dog wakes up puking, you know, <laughs> that's the best alarm clock. <laughs> the dog wakes up puking. Yeah. Um, so it's just going to be one of those. It's, kind just, of day. Yeah, it's just what's going to happen. So we're going to end every podcast with some key takeaways. So from here on, these are going to be known as our drive through tips of the day. So drive through tips of the day on sleep. Number one, sleep is important and we don't place enough value on it. Shoot for seven to nine hours. And that's every night, including weekends. Number two, consistency is key. So set a bedtime and a wake up time and a ritual of some sort. And yes, that includes weekends. Number three, alcohol and caffeine do have an effect on you, even if you like to brag that they don't. Number four, daily habits matter. And number five, if you wake up in the middle of the night, don't lay there any longer than 20 to 30 minutes. Get up and do something boring that is not a TV or screen of any kind. Practice your breath work or listen to some kind of sleepscape. And if that's not working, get up and try again tomorrow. This is Sarah, Marcy, Keely, and Anna signing off of the Make Me Healthy podcast. We are the Via Health Collective. You can find us at viahealthcollective.com and make me healthy underscore via on Instagram. We look forward to joining you in your health journey.